hungry for dinner at eight. She adores the theater and won't arrive late. She'd never bother with people she'd hate. That's why the lady is a tramp. Oh, go. You, you didn't give me any, like, <laughs> you didn't give me the Wayne's World countdown of five, four, two, one. So I didn't know we were starting, but I guess we're starting high. <laughs> Welcome to Gleekcast. We're at, we're at episode five somehow, despite the fact that we still haven't figured out what's a good intro. We're working on the intro. I we're getting promise. there. We're getting there. Maybe next season we'll get there. Perhaps. I'm Erica. I'm Emily. And we have a special guest in this studio or my bedroom. No, it's not Neil Patrick Harris. It is Lisa. Yay. Hello, Glee World. She's written in before. You've heard her, but not really. But this is her voice. Say something. Hello. Okay, <laughs> I hope you... <laughs> now I'm sure everybody will really be able to tell us apart. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's just riveted right now. <laughs> All right, well, we're at episode five. This episode of Glee was called... Laryngitis. Laryngitis, which confused me because I thought then that, that referred to a character having laryngitis, but she didn't have that. No. We but let's, uh, before we get into feed... We're going to start off with feedback, but before we do that, we should make one big announcement that's exciting... We have a forum now. We have a forum! So everybody go to popsyndicate.com dot com and uh, go to the forums and find Gleecast with a K and uh, write to us. It's a great place for if you have anything that you want to bring up but maybe don't necessarily want to write an email. If you want more interaction from other listeners or other people. And us. Yeah. You can um, answer old Glee questions of the week there. Yep. There's a, a few running up there. and Yeah, thanks to, thanks to Chris. Thanks to Mr. Chris from Thank Are You, you Serious? Yeah. Um, so you and can, that other show. And that other show. So you can go there and, like, you know, post more examples of who Sue's parents should be. You can start your own forum and thread and tangent and stuff. Um, I, there's an interesting, I think, thread going on that, mm-hmm. that I started. Uh, if I don't know if anybody's known that heard the controversy around Glee in the past week. About um, the article that was written in Newsweek. Yeah. That um, the writer whose name I don't know. Because, it was hard to pronounce. Yeah, I it's can't like pronounce Randalou... it. like something like that. Show off. <laughs> um, that, that he wrote that. Um, well, his kind of argument was that gay actors can't, can't play, play straight, straight. Car- straight characters, whereas straight actors can play gay characters very well, according to him. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, he kind of used Sean Hayes on in Promises, Promises on Broadway and Jonathan Groff, Jesse St. James on Glee, uh, as his examples of that. And, I mean, we, we joked before about that, like, Jesse St. James comes off as really gay. And but... I defended myself in the forums. Right. And, I mean, I didn't know that Jonathan Groff was gay. I totally didn't know I the actor was gay. Until I read this article. Yeah. So. I just thought it was, like, they were making that he was a musical theater fan. And yeah. the way they play him off. And, again, Erica and I both saw him in Spring Awakening, and he, he really wasn't gay in that. No. no um, but it's, you know, there's been a lot of... Uh, Going back at that, and Christian Chenoweth and Ryan Murphy both wrote, like, you know, kind of long rebuttals to that. So uh, I linked to a few of those posts in there. If you go to Pop Syndicate forums, popsyndicate.com, go to the forums, you go to podcasts, you will find Gleecast. And there's other things at Pop Syndicate, too. Yeah, check everything else out. Yeah. It's a, it's a great little site. Emily writes for them mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, and Fridays. have lots of fun me. articles. Yeah, so and, it's a great uh, Check place. them out. Thank you, Stefan. Yeah, the thanks, father so. and... Birther and mother, I guess, of Pop Syndicate. Yeah. 
He's a talented, um, talented multi-genital person. All right, how about some feedback? Let's do some feedback. Okay, who wants to start? We've got we had fantastic feedback. Yeah, this week. and Thank a lot. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, should we start with a long one? Sure. All right, I'm gonna start with a confession from Sean from HorrorCommentary.com, which is a very good website for all your horror commentary needs. <clears throat> Okay, hello to the fabulous and talented magicians of awesome Emily and Erica. Everything was capitalized, so that's how awesome we are. <laughs> okay, Sean from Chicago here, and I have a confession. Hello, my name is Sean, and I am a horror freak. I like to watch horrendously plotted gory nightmares, most of which would haunt the dreams of the average person, but somehow seem to make me smile with glee, pun intended. My favorite film of all time is Evil Dead 2, and I can literally recite every line as any fan who loves great music. I go to horror conventions, film festivals, own horror t-shirts, autographs, and have wall-to-wall horror DVDs stacked up to the sky that are invading every crevice of my small apartment. People who know me best might say that this is one of my defining characteristics as a human being. You are a good man, Sean. But deep in the cockles of the smaller parts of my being, there is another love that is not so easily shown. One that I'm afraid to expose to my fellow horror geeks in fear of losing cred. But yes, I will confess that I love, 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 love musical theater. Especially from the 70s through the 90s, because I feel that lately every show on The Great White Way is just a remake of a movie or TV show. My most favorite shows are Chess and Jesus Christ Superstar. Good taste, Sean. And I cry as much when I hear Defying Gravity as when I see Leatherface sobbing so disappointingly when Sally gets away at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I assume everybody has. Which brings me to the glorious beaming light of awesomeness that is Glee! I've been listening to your show since episode one, but have not mailed in simply because, in my humble opinion, these new shows haven't been anywhere near as good as the new ones, as the ones from the first half of the season. Everything that the characters are doing seem to be completely 360 to who they are before sectionals. They all in some way are acting like selfish morons. The biggest offenders being Kurt, who used to love his dad, but lately seems to be intent on making him miserable. Finn, who after standing by Quinn through all their drama, was the first to ditch Rachel when she was just being Rachel. And worst of all, Will Schuster, for whom the writers have seemed to have forgotten that this was his earnestness and self selflessness that made him so darn lovable in the first place. Why turn him into Deuce Bigelow? All of this changed in one single lightning bolt of an episode that was laryngitis. Wow, they finally stopped trying to be all gossip girly and really started to put our lovable characters back into their prospective turtle shells. Finn, the lovable bland mope that he is, stopped whining and is back to being a nice guy again by making Rachel remember that there are more important things in life than her being famous. Kurt stopped being all fatal attraction Glenn Closey with his dad, and after his showstopper of a number, delivered the most poignant moment of the entire show. I actually wept. God, I love the actor that plays his dad. How amazing was that? And don't get me started on how insanely awesome the power pairing of Puck and Mercedes is. Can't wait to see how it plays out. And best of all, we got more Brit. Yay! In closing, I can't stress enough how amazing your show is and how awesome you both are. May the Glee cast eternally shine as boldly and brightly as Will Schuster's head. <laughs> Very good. And that's how Sean sees it. P.S. Sorry for the book. Future emails will be written in shorthand or just shorter. First of all, don't write them in shorthand because I can't read my own shorthand, so I probably can't read his. <laughs> yeah, we might not be able to read it. Yes. Um, but thank you for all of that. Thank you enormously for all of that. Um, I can obviously identify because I'm also a 
horror fan who really loves um, Jesus Christ Superstar and, and chess, even though I probably well, shouldn't. You know what, Emily? You're not a box. There's more than four sides to you. This is true. I am layered like an onion. Like Shrek or the guy from the blind side. Apparently it's the go-to metaphor that you I, in the blind side. I went, I went with, the, with you know, the glee line and you went to Shrek. I know. No, I actually went to the blind side. Right. It enters my vocabulary all the time. I can't help it. Um, but so some very good points about the first half of the season to this half. Yeah. Uh, I was having a conversation with one of our friends last night about that who's been really turned off by this half of the season for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we'll, we'll, we will get to the episode, but do you agree that, do you think this episode was a turning point in this half of the season? I think just our, our feedback shows that this was a huge turning point in mm-hmm. this half of the season because I, I feel like we got so many emails this week, I feel like no one really wanted to talk about the other episodes because they weren't up to the standard that we expected from the first half of the season. And, um, yeah, as you'll come to hear, I really like this episode a lot, and I think that, you know, it, it, it kind of brought us back to what it was in the first season. It's the first one that felt, not first season, but first half of the season. It was the first one that felt a lot more like the other episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Lisa. Anything to add, Lisa? I concur, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Next email. Um, I will read. We have two from Aaron from Paper Bag Radio. One of the, like, first podcasts ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's still going strong, so thank you, Aaron. Um, so we had two from him. His first one said, just checked out the show for the first time. And I got to say, I totally dig it. Glee is one of my favorite shows on TV right now, even with that horrible Crypt Keeper episode. And it's great to have a podcast out there that with hosts that obviously enjoy it as much as I do. Also, you two sound hot. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> oh. um, we, we, well. we, we'll, just, we'll just assume that he has very uh, astute ears and yeah. two eyes and is entirely correct. <laughs> what is the Crypt Keeper episode? I was trying to figure this out. I don't know. And I'm a huge Crypt Keeper fan, so it kind of bothers me that I can't figure that out. I, Aaron, I don't know. Write us back. Yeah, and write us back. Write us what you, what you think. <laughs> I mean, um, Will's hair hasn't gotten that bad yet to look like the Crypt Keeper. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's keep going. He he wrote back. Yeah, he wrote again. And he said, totally unrelated to Glee, follow-up email concerning Lost from a huge Lost fan. I will be so happy when that tour of a show is finally over. (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. It would take a very long time to go through all my issues with Lost, so I won't. This saddens me because I'm a fan and far from casual viewer of the show. Just wanted to voice my support and say that I, too, am done with Lost. I believe it was Erica, but I may be wrong on the name, said she was over Lost. It was me. I'm... This last episode, we're going to start talking about Lost now. I won't get off track. This, oh, Lisa hasn't seen oh, Lisa, it, so you can't s- talk about it. How, I apologize. <laughs> how can a person go, like, more than two days without watching it, though? Like, right do people now, at work, I'm like, I, there's only a few episodes left, so I'm stockpiling them. So that but you're going kind of, to have a two-and-a-half-hour finale. I know, I know. I'm greedy. I wasn't going to talk about the episode. I was just going to say that I feel like the, how many episodes behind are you? We've just one. Oh, I loved the Hurley episode. I think that was a great episode, and that kind of brought me back into the show a little bit, but then the episode after that, I was like, ah, whatever. Like, I didn't cry or anything. And then this episode, I felt like, was another good one. Like, it caught my attention again and made me want to know what was going to happen a little bit again, but yeah, I, I agree with Aaron. I, I see. I, I, so I do disagree, because I've been loving this season, kind of every minute of it. Like, I, I, I love that they're giving you so much... They're, they're giving you answers, and just like she's, I'm not spoiling, just like she makes a comment in the episode that any question you ask me, any question I answer is going to lead to more questions, and that's what Lost has always been. 
And I still love the idea of a TV show that has sort of become like what old epic poetry or epic uh, like sagas were, where it's really all just a giant analogy for a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And so I've been loving it, but I also have bad taste, so <laughs> don't really go by me. Uh, another email. Lisa, how about you? Okay. Who is this from? She can't just talk. You have to hand the microphone. I'm sorry. You probably didn't hear anything. Lisa just had amazing things to say, but I didn't hand her the microphone. So here goes. Unfortunately, we only have two microphones, so we're kind of sharing. Brilliance was just missed there. Okay, this uh, email is from Anna and says, Hi, Emily and Erica and Lisa. Um, (laughs) My name is Anna, and I love your podcast. I heard about it on NOTLP. Night of the Living Podcast, a great, great, great podcast about horror movies, and it's very funny and offensive and wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. Um, You guys are awesome. Some serious TLDR coming up. Uh, My overall feeling about Glee is that it is a a deeply flawed show. Almost every episode features at least one scene of cringeworthy awfulness and at least one scene of unmitigated awesomeness. And I love it, warts and all. To me, the show's messiness is part of its charm, its preposterousness, stylized universe of cartoonish characters, and larger-than-life moments, its big, insane mess of plots situated at 90 degrees to reality, its bizarreness tonal shifts, its way of cramming half a season's worth of material into a single episode, its exaggeration of character traits. It all adds up to a show that uses wild extremes to portray the emotional roller coaster that is adolescence in a way that things are... Uh, and the way things are, OMG, so important in high school, often wind up being kind of silly. Uh, as to my glist, I considered putting Puck up there because I have a bit of a man crush on him. Yes, lesbians get man crushes too. And he <laughs> unquestionably has mojo, mohawk or no. But while Ra- Rachel, Mercedes, and Quinn are all attractive young ladies, number one on my glist has to be Santana. She's spiteful, she's manipulative, and she looks smoking in a cheerleader outfit. But the thing that really tips the scales uh, in her favor is her relationship with Brittany. All her bitchiness <laughs> melts away, and she's as charmed by her dim bulb friend as the rest of us. In the Dykosphere, we have a portmanteau named for them, Brit- uh, Brittana. Ooh, I like that. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's great to see more of them in this part of the season, but I'm sad this means sidelining other interesting characters like Artie and Tina. And that brings me to my next point. Glee is also very interesting from a political point of view. The ensemble cast is a veritable Benetton ad of diversity, and it's fascinating to watch what the show does with this. Most of the characters began as stereotypes, sassy black girl, capital G gay guy, bitchy cheerleader, dumb jock, etc., and how far each of them will transcend the stereotype remains to be seen. It does bother me that Finn, the straight, white, able-bodied, cisgendered male, is presented to us as the best male singer, when the gay kid and the disabled kid are clearly better singers. (laughs) Not to mention potentially more interesting characters. Very true. Um, That makes me worry that the show might be the embodiment uh, might be the embodiment par excellence of guilt-ridden but ill-thought-out liberal inclusivity and the way it flirts with transgressing the norms of privileged groups in society but invariably retreats to the safe and familiar without ever getting really subversive. But, Kurt... Oh, Kurt, how I love thee. Let me count the ways. I loved the latest episode a ridiculous amount, and the main reason was Kurt's big number and the follow-up scene with his dad. Me too. Uh, Kurt's latest storyline really resonated with me, and I assume with everyone who was once a confused gay teen trying trying really hard to be straight 
and his dad's reaction was believable and sweet, and his version of Rose's turn was the best thing the show's ever done. And that's why I love Glee. Good, bad, or ugly, it's not like anything else on TV. Plus, the Joss Whedon Neil Patrick Harris episode is up next, and it will cure cancer, solve climate change, end global poverty, and bring back Jesus. I completely concur with this. Uh, keep on rocking, ladies. Anna in London. Yay! Thanks, Thank you so much, Anna, because that's a fantastic email that gave us many things. Yeah, I feel like all our listeners have like far more well-thought-out things to say than I do. <laughs> and that's why they can email us or post on a forum. Bobsyndicate.com slash forums. Um, so, first of all, may I suggest, as much as I do like the name Britanna, you know what's also a great combination name? What? Santitney. <laughs> Right? Santa and Brittany. Santini. No? No? Really? It makes sense. Fine. Um, Why not just Santini? Because Santini is really fun to say. (laughs) Anna, you let me know. Santini. Let us know. See if it catches on. It could. Um, So a few points she made, which all very good points. Um, The safe and familiar aspect of the show that as much as the show is very diverse in the end it always falls back to Rachel and Finn Mm -hmm. Uh, any thoughts about that? Clearly, we have so much to say about this. (laughs) I really need to read the email before we read it on the show so that I have things prepared to say. Um, Well, it's I'll I'll just quick quickly go with that because it's something that um, when talking with a friend about yesterday uh, how I wonder with Glee, uh, the casting process of it. I know for a few of them, they started off with, well, we know we want a kid in a wheelchair. We know mm-hmm. we want, and I think it was probably also, we know we want this voice. We know we want, like, a big black girl who can sing mm-hmm. the high notes, like that kind of thing. What I love about Glee is that they have they are doing what you dream of them doing and taking these stereotypes and making them characters. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that a lot in this episode, which we'll get to. But uh, it... At the same time, they are still stuck in that. Um, I don't know if I should go into this yet because it will come up in my my low point. But uh, to point out something like the AV club girl Mm -hmm. who essentially was like the fat girl who wants Snickers. Yeah. You know, so they are, are in that place that I'd like to see them just keep going with. But I think that's a good point about it that, you know, and I I hope they don't I hope it's not Finn's story. And I think they're they're doing well at it not being so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, you hope that the whole show doesn't wind up being no. I mean, I hope like like the the point that Anna makes that as much as you know, Glee has like Tina and Artie, and they mm-hmm. have an episode, and I mean, Kurt's been getting more and more story. Right. That, you know, whenever the Glee Club performs, it always kind of falls back to the typical roles of. Remember how I keep saying, like, all these song solos that Rachel has, right. which Mercedes could be singing. But, of course, Mercedes wouldn't be singing because then it's it's a different song at that point, And it means something different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, can Glee overcome that? I don't know. But I, I feel like... Um... I feel like they've been doing a good job of giving, you know, the different characters different things to do per episode. Because I, I kind of feel like we keep getting to a point where we're like, where is this person? We haven't seen them lately. Like two episodes, and then the next we were episode, like, they, yeah, they we get were more like, That's where's true. Emma? There's no Emma. And then the next episode, we had her, you know, make right, a huge have a really step forward. And I, I think the show's really, really good at that. Like whenever you start to notice that someone's not there, that's kind of when they get when their storyline. Yeah, that's a good so point. I think it's really well written that way. And um, 
Good yeah, point. unfortunately, you know, well, well, Finn said that Jesse's been getting all the solos, so it's not. Yeah, it's not I did like Finn, that that but... came up. Yeah. I think that's uh, realistic, too, for yeah. uh, show choirs is, you know, there's an alpha female and an alpha male, mm-hmm. and they just get all the leads, and it sucks, but that's the way life is. I think that's a. You were in show choir, weren't you? I was. I was the alpha female. So. Well, you, were, <laughs> you, were, you were Rachel Berry. I was. <laughs> Team Rachel all the way. Wow, that yeah. that changes the dynamic. Because <laughs> I don't know who I would have been in Glee. I feel like I would have been. I think I might have been Tina. I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say you might have been Tina. I, I stuttered. I didn't have a stutter. I did have purple streaks though, as 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 recently as last year. But that's besides the point. You were um, also Asian back then. Too. I was. Yeah. I mean, the, I tell you, Y2K, people think it didn't change anything. It changed, oh, it changed things. things. It changed a lot. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you, Anna. You you brought up some fantastic points in there. Um, if we were, if we drank our coffee faster, maybe we would have been better at <laughs> responding to them. Um, but how about uh, next email? Um, I have two pretty short emails to okay. go with. Um, the first one is from, I. well, I won't give out your whole address, but you didn't sign it either. So... It's from McLovin Horror, which is a pretty great name. Yeah. And it's a and it's um, about Sue's parents, which was last week's question. We asked who should play Sue's, Sue's parents. parents, and um, he suggested Christoph Waltz. He or she, I don't know if it's a he or she. I just took the immediate pronoun that came to mind. So he or she said, um, "How about Christoph Waltz and as dad?" Oh, I should approve. And Mary Warnov. Warnov. Thank you. As, as mom. mom. Mary Warnov, you might remember anybody who saw House of the Devil recently. She was the um, the female, the older female. The Tom Noonan's wife. Guy's wife. The guy's wife. Yeah, and I don't want to give anything good. away. She's scary. She's fantastic. If, if you haven't seen House of the Devil, first of all, go see yeah, House go of see the it. Devil. Yeah, go see it. It was great. Uh, but she's well, she's got we'll this very, up. like, angular look and... Big a lot of old horror films she was in a lot of B movies and that would that's great casting yeah I could totally see that because I could see her being like really mean and angry like Sue's angry mm-hmm. side and then I could see like a young Sue with like a happy Christoph Waltz and like <laughs> then maybe something tragic happens to him and it ruins Sue's life I could totally see that and I'm also convinced that Christoph Waltz can do anything true. yeah it's very true so I, know I that for a fact. fully support that decision in that casting. Um, and then we also have one from um, we, another short email from James, a.k.a. Naked, Naked Eskimo, Eskimo, which you can find him at nakedeskimo.blogspot.com. And his email says, I can't sing Total Eclipse without throwing in the fucking from the version in old school. And I agree with that. I can't do it either. Um, it just makes the song so much more fun. Olivia Newton-John is still really hot. Wow. I love Molly Shannon, so very, very glad she's in the show. Hope she stays. That's interesting because some people really hated Molly Shannon yeah. In that episode. And because she really didn't get much to they, do. I feel like they didn't utilize her. We said that last week. They didn't. Now, do we know if she's staying? She is, yes. All right. Then I'm okay with it. So that makes me happy because now I can see potential. I like Sue having an adult rival at the school. Yeah. Because now Besides I'm. Besides Will. Right, right. And anybody that has. And obviously now Sue has a grudge against her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like the potential of that. Plus, badminton. I'm glad that they're going to bring badminton <laughs> back to the masses. Because people don't think it's a sport, but it can be very competitive. <laughs> okay. Only if I'm really playing. I, well, if I'm playing, anything's competitive. But hey. Even if it's children's soccer. No, I didn't play children's soccer. <laughs> Today I went to my niece's first, like, you know, she's five. It was her soccer game. And I realized if I ever have children that I am going to be Janice Soprano at a soccer game. Because little girls were pushing her. She, she did push back after we told her to. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, I should not be allowed to coach children doing anything that could be violent. Our last email comes from Ashley. Ahem, and Ashley writes, In the spirit of lists, I'll agree with what was said last cast with the confusion of what exactly the list was meant to represent. I never understood lists. Even as a high schooler, it seemed the only people concerned were the conspicuously neurotic and the disempowered and the kids deemed popular. By who, I'll never know, I suppose. But Glee definitely takes advantage of exploiting every iota of high school's anxieties, and the Glist was obviously no exception. I didn't particularly care for the Glist, nor it what it nor its means to a sad Quinn's confession at end. But I cannot completely knock it, because whether many of us want to admit it or not, how many of us were convinced that high school was the alpha omega to our place in the world? But a fairly intriguing alternative would have been a Glist ranking based on talent and relevancy to new directions. And seeing as I don't trust the douche knapsack that is Jesse St. James, as far as I can hurl him across the football field, and I have a very long and strong arm, he would be the culprit of friction to raise the tension temp in the already fragile group of crooners. Ranking wouldn't be a surprise. It would reflect the very reasons Kurt and Mercedes decided on dual citizenship with the Cheerios and New Directions, causing a bigger rift, the further inflation of Rachel's ego, and the likes of Tina, Brittany, Artie, and co. in the shades of a rather invisible gray. And that's important to note, too. Going back to the idea of, of being in such a socially potent space like high school and feeling invisible. But giving the B story to Matt or Mike, yes, yes, Mike <laughs> Chang, even more so. But more realistically, Tina. I mean, has the girl ever had a solo? Uh, she had a solo that was taken away from her, remember, in, like, episode three or so. Well, she... She couldn't hit the high notes in yeah. uh, uh, so West Side it, Story. Yeah, it wasn't really taken... Like, it was finally given Well, like, she kind her, of said, like, Mr. Schuster, She I gave it away, yeah. yeah. But then, well, she had a solo in True Colors. Yeah. Right. Okay, Ashley continues. All that being said, I'll keep this brief. I enjoyed last night's episode and the strength of the continuation with the story of Kurt and his father. What his father said about loving him for who he is, I thought was extremely profound. I'll admit, I actually enjoyed the interaction between Mercedes and Puck. And I squeezed like a fangirl when Santana and Mercedes did The Boy Is Mine. Mm -hmm. It made me say a lot more fonder hello to 16 again. Still enjoying the cast, ladies. Thanks for your labor of love. And Ashley, you can find her at buriedinabookcrypt.blogspot.com, where she writes a review I disagree with about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. <laughs> but that's for another time. Um, one thing that I, I I just realized that I find really interesting is how we all keep saying, you know, how Glee just does such an amazing job of um, sort of playing the um, like the the high school stereotypes and how you know everything means so much to everyone and how we were talking about how Rachel ended up with Jesse that you know one day you're in love with someone and you're in love with someone else and I just think it's funny that we all keep saying oh it's doing such a good job but like my high school wasn't like that but I still feel like it's really like well I think that's something doing... that Rachel brings up that um, no not Rachel I'm sorry Ashley that Ashley brings up that's interesting is I was the same way like. I never knew the popular kids yeah. who I didn't know who was popular in my high school. When I went to college, I remember and like people used to talk about I had roommates that were I guess like the popular girls mm -hmm. and like they would talk about how they would make fun of other girls and like I didn't know you people did that cuz <laughs> like I never felt like there were these tiers so much. Like there I, were just I groups, felt... but not so much there was no hierarchy to me. Oh, my school definitely but I think I did I go to a much bigger school than you have. My school was about 1600 kids my high school. It but was, what was your school. graduating class. About 500. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we went to like the same size high school, but I definitely felt a hierarchy in my high school, but I, it wasn't like, 
the drama wasn't as amped up as it is ugly and it i just think it's funny that we're like oh they do such a good job of this but it really wasn't like that for me but they still to me they but still do a good thing. job like glee it's, it's is a weird set in a really small town right True. i mean mckinley yeah. high school is supposed to be a much smaller high school, mm-hmm. I guess. And maybe that's part of it, where you do know who everyone is because you only mm-hmm. have, you know, maybe a hundred kids in your graduating class, class or so. So, so because you went to a small high school, yeah, I had a hundred and ten in my graduating class, and it's. I mean, I wish we had the drama that they do on Glee because you know if they did a real high school show, it wouldn't really be that interesting. You just wish they had a Kurt. I really do. <laughs> Although we might have butted heads, I don't know. Um, oh, that's true. Uh, but you might have randomly, you might have randomly thrown a reference to you in a song that had nothing to do with you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. But. No, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think they get the feeling of high school right. That not necessarily, you know, all these things might not actually happen in a real high school, mm-hmm. but the emotions that come across and the feelings of these things are real. Yeah, I agree. yeah. The big idea of it, I think, is there. Definitely, what I was saying. I was, I wasn't criticizing it for that. I just think it's funny that we're all like, "Oh, it's so, you know, it's so, so true to life." But for me, it really wasn't. But yet, I'm still toting it as that it was. I just thought it was right. a funny double standard from my point of view. And people keep, you know, in our emails, we've seen it multiple times. The same thing come up. How they, you know, but yeah, but <laughs> sorry. you know, it's a big part of it. Is any high school show has to establish that dynamic and usually you know maybe somebody like me who didn't feel that was my high school often feels like doesn't understand it so much like it doesn't seem that it seems so forced because mm-hmm. the cheerleaders in my high school were not popular like they had their friends and the the cool band badminton kids had our friends but it is th- i guess there were layers but it, it didn't feel like there was this animosity i don't know I think it was just that we just didn't care. I don't know. Perhaps. Maybe I, I lived in a magical world of fairy dust and badminton. That's it. Every school needs a badminton team. Get a badminton team, and it'll be fine. On that note. <laughs> We're going to take a break so that we know that we recorded this. Right? Um, do did you want to do your list? Oh, yeah. So last week we asked about a list. Um, nobody really, a few, well, um, Anna gave us her, I guess, pick for her list, which would have mm-hmm. been Santana. Um, I did my list based on their ability in bed. <laughs> Granted, I think um, I would say three out of the five. Well, no, maybe two out of the five. Um, no, actually, I think one out of the five hasn't, you know, had relations with a female. But I just went by instinct. Um, I figured I'll just rank it by five. And my number five, I assume, will... I don't know. He's got dance moves, so I I just think he could do something. Um, My number four, yes, my number four is Matt. Okay. Uh, The reasoning being he seems like the kind of guy, because he's got this, like, smoothness to him. You notice it when he sings. And I think he's the kind of guy that, like, would get a girlfriend and would, like, be really devoted to her and be very big into making her happy. And I think he would, like, read up and try to make sure, like, you know, to keep her, and I think he would be very concerned about making it a good experience. Uh, number three was Puck. <laughs> I know. Um, there's a reason he's three and not so high up, because I think he's somebody that's more caring about his own needs. Well, he's a sex shark. If he stops moving, he dies. Right. And, I mean, at some point, I'm going to have to stop moving, and then he's just <laughs> going to go anywhere, and then you got to worry about other things. Uh, number two on my list, this might surprise you. <gasps> now, you would probably think my number one is a certain smooth dancer named Mike Chang. <laughs> I put Mike Chang at number two because 
I mean, he's up there. He's way up there, clearly. But my number one, I'm going by the old, uh, if you've ever seen Revenge of the Nerds Part 2. Revenge of the Nerds Part 2, Robert Carradine, as, you know, the head nerd, um, is able to seduce, like, the cheerleader, the popular girl, in uh, a fun house, and he's wearing a Darth Vader helmet, so she doesn't know who it is. She thinks it's her boyfriend, but of course it's the nerd. And putting aside all the, like, ethical, you know, the bad ethics of that, she's really happy because she's like, wow, I've never, like, that was the best I've ever had. She's like, I never would have thought that from you. He's like, well, the thing about, like, nerds is that we can read and we have all this time. We want to, we, you know, we really care about making it great for you and we're going to actually put in the research for it. So my theory is the guy who like has the, the, the odds stacked against him the most is going to really make you happy. And who is that? It's Artie. It's Artie. <laughs> Artie is my number one. If I can have sex with anybody in Glee for, well, once they turn 18, <laughs> although Artie is, I think like in real life, like 27. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's probably more about me than you wanted to know. But that's my <laughs> list. On that note, we should take a break. We will take a break. We'll be right back. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed that ain't hard to define Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine And she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving him with that body, I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night You know I wish that I had Jesse's girl I wish that I had Jesse's girl We're back. Okay, so this was episode 16? No, I think 17. Episode 17. Uh, laryngitis. And to recap it, here's the recap. Or to <clears throat> glee cap it. Or to glee cap it. You are correct about that. <clears throat> it's all about finding yourself this week, as per Will's song assignment. Rachel wonders if there's anything worth finding when she loses her voice. But a visit with Finn's football buddy, a quadriplegic with heart, helps to show her that there's more to life and herself than just talent. Finn focuses on what he really wants, you know, Jesse's girl, with a heartfelt attempt at wooing back his ex with a song, Jesse's Girl. Meanwhile, just like Samson, or Andre Agassi, Puck loses his powers of cool when his mohawk is shaved off. To harness his inner A-list, he decides to couple with the school's newest big thang, Mercedes. Initially reluctant, the newest Cheerio gives in following Puck's Sammy Davis Jr.-esque musical performance. At first, super coupledom is exciting, but after watching Puck shove a few dweebs into lockers, Mercedes realizes that Queen Bee isn't, you know, who she is. Also in an identity crisis this week is Kurt who has given himself a masculine makeover to better bond with his father, going so far as to date an eager Britney, eager for a perfect record, uh, sing John Mellencamp, and sport an unflattering flannel and trucker's hat. Bert, however, desires nothing more than to have his son be happy in his own skin, and after a heartfelt conversation that proves once again that Kurt and Bert are the greatest father-son team since Anakin and Luke, Kurt embraces his inner Kurt. Then there's a preview for next week's and Neil Patrick Harris episode, and the audience squeals with glee! Please, please. Yes, um, and it is going to cure cancer, and I was right about that. Yeah, it totally is. I can't wait. Totally. Um, okay, 
so that's what happened on Glee. That's what happened on Glee. Right. Um, let's. We want to start with the the Rachel Finn Sean storyline. I think we should. Um, this was um, as our friend Betsy called it the Full House moment of the episode. It kind of was. I kind of liked it though. I found Sean so off-putting. I know. <laughs> I like. I feel like his. His acting, there was just something off about his acting, and I didn't think his singing was that great. But I like that his singing wasn't that great. All right, that's fine. I could let that go, but I felt like I I didn't like his acting. Hey, you want to know that you're a terrible person? I'm not a terrible person. And I I meant to look, I was like, is this guy maybe really... He really is. Oh, he is? I was like, that's the only explanation I could come up with for it, is that, you know, that makes sense. There was an interview with him. I started reading it, and then I didn't get to finish it. But um, he was. He was, like, uh, I think, I want to say he was, like, a football player in college and doing well and was in an accident. And, yeah. All right. Then I told You're you a to terrible person. Then I'm fine. I'm an awful person. See, I wanted to have sex with Artie, who's in a wheelchair. So I'm a bad person. <laughs> and I just wanted Artie to sing Bicycle. Um, I want to ride my bicycle, my bicycle. Which he still can. Yeah, which he should. But, um, all right. Then, uh, then I don't have as many complaints as I did because... I was also going to ask, like, if he's paralyzed, but I guess, obviously, that answered my question. If he's paralyzed from the chest down, he was shrugging and stuff, which uh, I was like, is that poor acting? Or, like, I didn't I didn't know. So, now I feel better. And Erica apparently a C4 <laughs> quadriplegic can uh, shrug their shoulders. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Now I know. I feel I feel better about it. Um, so, this, this storyline... I thought it was, I, I don't know, I, I liked it, I bought it, I liked seeing Rachel, because it is something that, like, anybody who's ever been really talented at sports or at music or something like that has had to face of, what happens if I can't do this? Mm-hmm. And it's a really scary thing. And, I mean, for her, her entire life has been, I'm going to be a star. Right. And I'm going to be a star because of my voice. I don't have anything else. I am, I mean, what else do I have? Absolutely nothing. And, I mean, I still don't know what else she has, quite frankly, but I liked seeing this. I liked I liked Finn's part in it, and that's something... He was very, very sweet. Yeah, I, I think this was a great... I loved the moment when they were in the hospital together, or the doctor's office, because at first I was like, oh, this is adorable, they're friends. Like, he's mm-hmm. her friend, and he's bringing her to the doctor's office. And I actually didn't like when suddenly I realized, like, he still wanted her, because mm-hmm. I really thought it was just a friendship thing. But I... I I still don't think they're the couple I want to see, but I thought this week, I'm like, oh, they, they, they could work, which I've never really thought before. I'm not sure I entirely buy his crush on her just because, I mean, I guess it was there in the beginning of the season, but I, I don't know. I, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I think now that he's like so suddenly so devoted to her when he could have had her so many times during the first half of the season. And he never went for it. Like he wanted, he wanted Quinn, and that's all he wanted. Right. And well, then yeah, he had a baby on the I, way. I know, and I, I know Quinn betrayed him. But it, it, like, if he really liked Rachel that much in the first place, then why I don't didn't know, he stand just... up? But that was a big part. I think something that Glee's done with Finn is kind of show that, like, you know, it was a challenge for Finn to join the Glee Club mm-hmm. and to stay in the Glee Club. Because even Sean says this when he's like, I was never brave enough, like, fan. I, right. I would have loved to join the Glee Club, but I didn't have the balls to do it. Now, he, I was just about to make a bad ball quadriplegic <laughs> joke. I'll leave um, that to your imagination, listeners. Uh, but something that was important that I didn't write down, we now know where Quinn is living. Yes. Where is with she living? Finn. 
No, oh, with, with Puck. Oh, with Puck. Where her Puck's mother doesn't let her eat, eat bacon. bacon. Although they're allowed to eat uh, Chinese pork, so. Yeah. But I don't know if Quinn is. But I liked I liked hearing that, I, and it's uh, that was an interesting thing. I guess we should just move on to that. Is the Puck not Puck? I'm sorry, the Quinn and Mercedes. I like, friendship. I like, I like their friendship that. a lot. I, I wrote that down somewhere. I I think it's really sweet. And it makes me happy to see that, you know, Quinn is kind of almost being like her, her spirit guide through through high school. Because I feel like Quinn has so much more experience than, than the other girls mm-hmm. do, even like though Quinn knows what age. it's like to be a cheerleader and to yeah. have to be in and this to particular be that spot. popular and then to fall for you know, to mm-hmm. fall from grace, so to speak. And Right, and she's saying this is this could happen to you. Yeah. And also I liked the, because something that is kind of strange, and I guess I'm okay with it never have been being there, but Puck in the first half was so devoted to Quinn and was so like, you know, you love me. I can take care of you. Let me take mm-hmm. care of you. And I, I mean, technically, I guess he is. She's living with him now. But that like their romance just died yeah. without us seeing that. Again, I'm okay with it because as much as I like both the characters, I don't think I really needed, like, them trying to make it work and it no, not working. not at all. But it's kind of an interesting, like, sort of, like, baby-daddy relationship now that it's going to be. It's just like, yeah, I know, he's my ex-boyfriend. Right. We're going to have, we're together, but not date him. It's fine. Get him out of my hair. All mm-hmm. that stuff. So it was interesting on that note. Uh, Puck and Mercedes? Uh, first of all, what would be their combination name? Oh, this is hard. Mersuck? Uh... Merspuck? Muck per per. Or, I mean, we could use Noah also because that's, that's true. Noah eighties. No eighties. No eighties. Mersoa. 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 I think we're going with Mersoa. <laughs> it's it's a, it sounds like the name of a new sports car. It does. But uh, Puck and Mercedes as a new power couple at McKinley High. What do you think? Um, it 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 was kind of interesting. I think, I think it was. I like kind of all the different combinations we're getting to see. I don't know if I want it to stick around. I mean, obviously it's not because they're right. Well, because end. Glee is incapable yeah. of doing a unique, a like unique storyline that's going to last more than one episode. Exactly. But we, we love saw... it anyway. I know we do, I'm but okay with it. I don't know. I I could have had another episode of Puck and Mercedes together. I I thought it it was no. real. It worked really well. I mean, it was funny because I love that Mercedes the whole time was very aware of you're using me. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't know how to talk to women. Which is why I don't think it could have lasted another episode because True. M- Mercedes is, is sassy. She's not going to put up with right. that shit. Right. She, she knows well enough. Um, what did you think of the Mercedes Santana? Um, that I was very, very psychic in yes. thinking that if yes. I picked the wrong people to sing the duet, but I totally saw this duet coming and it made me very happy because I felt like I was in eighth grade again. <laughs> And I, yeah, yeah. If everyone remembers, Lisa wrote in a few weeks ago at, with her um, you predictions know, we, of what songs could right. be sung by women on the show, and she rightly predicted that that boy is mine would be sung. Yep, um, we'll, talk we'll about get to the songs, later. but that that kind of you know, Santana is an interesting like, like go to for them a lot. I'm liking her more and more. I like that she's just kind of a bitch. Yeah, like, and that's her thing, and she doesn't need. She's cool else. with that. She's okay. Like she's very aware of it. Mm-hmm. She knows she's on in the Glee Club just to look good. And so is everyone else aware that you know she's just a bitch. And I, who who said it before? Um, that in in our feedback, 
about her relationship with Brittany. That's oh, it was Anna. 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 Yeah, that I, and that's a good point too. I I hadn't really noticed until we read the feedback that you know Brittany really is the only person she's nice to. Yeah, and it's cute. I like it. A it lot. is pretty adorable. Because how could you be mean to Brittany? Yeah, it would be like being mean to Becky. Becky Jackson, oh. you know? You Johnson. Just, Becky Johnson. No, Jackson. Jackson? Johnson? I don't Johnson. know. I don't know. One day, one day we'll see her again and then we'll know. We'll, we'll Eric and I just gave each other very suspicious <laughs> looks. Um, so, of course, Buck and Mercedes, it worked for a while and then they break up because Mercedes kind of decides, you know, that well, whole, like, I'm not this kind of person. Well, because Puck gets his mojo back and he throws kids in the garbage again now mercedes also quit the cheerios she did this episode which is a first because usually they're either kicked off or die yes <laughs> uh what did you think of her leaving the cheerios and that decision now we assume kurt is still a cheerio do we not um i would assume so i think so i i i'm okay with that decision i mean i like i think it was cute at her as a Cheerio, but I kind of got tired of, of seeing her in a Cheerios uniform. I <laughs> you missed the hats. You missed those, her, those chicken I want hats. Her fun hat outfits back. I mean, come on. The uh, something I really liked about this episode, I liked that Mercedes was actually popular. Mm-hmm. That and this, I guess, is tailing off of the beautiful episode because I think that's yeah. when it's not just that she's a Cheerio; it's that like she sang beautiful. The whole high school, like as much as we kind of laughed about it, like. Everybody accepted it. Like, I really liked that um, something lasted more than an episode in Glee. And (laughs) this idea that, uh, you know, you do something big enough that people remember it for a while. Yeah, people will remember it. So that that was really strong for me. And I don't know if it's going to last, if next week she'll get a slushie in the face again. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm thinking, I think she's in a really unique place now with that. Um, Should we move on to the last uh, thread? Best character there is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Kurt. I love Kurt so much. I, I, once again, I mean, I've, I, I, I a lot of people have pointed out um, that they they haven't been happy with the way, what they've done with Kurt's character, whereas right, he's become really selfish. They don't like his single white female. His single white female attitude, his, like, fixing his dad up and then being really mean about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this episode, we saw Kurt trying something very different. Apparently, being straight means wearing flannel, a trucker hat, and having a weird lip curl. He did. Which kind I'm of imitating right now. <laughs> well, that's what I loved about his song was that, like, it was so unnatural. And I thought his performance in that, I always forget his name, Chris Colfer? Yeah. Okay. Was so good because it was, he was playing somebody, playing somebody else. Yeah. And you totally saw this was Kurt pretending to be, like, what Little he, Bert. What he thinks what he thinks is. a straight like, man is. And it it was really comical to see. Because for the most part, we see straight guys pretending to be what they think gay is, which is also pretty comical to watch. But we've never really seen it in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was it was really interesting and funny. I, overalls? Come on. It was, it was absolutely... <laughs> yeah, the overalls, the trucker hat. Um, I wrote it down about five times on this outline that I loved the fact that he was wearing the trucker hat when he was making out with Britney. Well, why wouldn't he be? Well, because it was this whole, like, it was his uniform. Yeah. Like, it was, I have to be this person. I have to wear a different skin. I'm going to wear, you know, so even when he's making out with a girl, the hat's on. Like, it, it had to stay there because if he took it off, he would, it would throw him all off, it felt like. It would fall apart. Oh, I loved it. Uh, which meant, you know, we also got a lot of Britney in this episode. Yes. Which is always <laughs> a good thing. Um, I like that she was going, so I, I know, she said she was going for a perfect record, of making out with every guy. In every school. guy. So that means she's made out with um, Artie. with Artie. Uh, maybe. 
Unless she doesn't count him because it's Brittany and she might not count him because he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, she, she might only count him. Because remember last week she something. didn't think he could feel his feet. Right. So she may just not count him. Um, but Brittany, of course, was pretty golden in this episode. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, I love that. Um, like, <laughs> how adorable it was that Kurt was, like, trying really hard for his dad to know that he was dating a girl. Mm-hmm. And that he was, like... Making out that when Bert comes down, he doesn't stop making out with Brittany. Nope. It and was, he's like, "Oh, hey, hey." It was it was just really adorable. Um, now, and I love that Bert thought that w- that the sign he hung on the door was the start of n- another one of his murder mystery dinners. Obviously, that was my high point. Yes. Because <laughs> I really hope they. I would love for Glee to do. Uh, like what the office does with the, um, like the, the office does a lot of those webisodes. Mm-hmm. I want a webisode of Kurt's murder mystery. That dinner. would be amazing. Be we it need pretty to write in. This yeah. is what we want. I'm, I will write it and send it into them and say, do it yeah. right now. Make me happy. Glee. You um, work for me. And should bitch. we talk a little bit about, about Kurt's moment with his dad at the end, which is, I think the first time this half of the season that I've cried. Uh, um, I feel like I cried, uh, I cried, I already cried a few times, but I don't oh, blubber mask quite often. I think, well, I, I think I've cried a couple times, but it's always been with Kurt and his dad. Like every yeah. time they keep having really great moments together and so cute. And, and the chemistry between them is amazing. Yes. It's, it's great. Yeah. And I know some people probably felt like, oh, maybe it also got a little full housey. You got that whole, like, I'll accept you for who you are, everything else. See, I didn't, I didn't yeah. get that feeling at all. Not at all. It felt so. It, it totally like worked we, for me. Too. Like we said about the moments with the whole, he's dating Finn's mom and, you know, with all the moments between right. Michael Malley and it's Finn. It's stuff we've seen before, but it's, it's written and acted so well. Yeah. They, it's. Where's Michael Malley been since he went off guts? Like he should have been on he every was on, show he, ever. No, he had a he had a like Fox sit not Fox. He had a sitcom. He had Yes, Dear. The only reason I know this was from that HBO sort of like reality actor show. It was unscripted. That was it. The one oh. that George Clooney produced, and it was all about like actors trying to make it. And one of there's one episode where there's a character guest stars on Yes, Dear, and Michael Malley's like flirting with the actor. That's that's now I remember him from that. But, um, well, why did they give him comedy? Like, he's clearly such an amazing dramatic actor. Like, I love him. He, yeah. If, um, and I have to say, and I'll get to it when I talk about the song, but Chris Colfer should be nominated for an Emmy for this show. If that doesn't happen this year, I'll be so angry. Because he, uh, I mean, he's, he's the find of the show, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, Slay Michelle is too, but. But we kind of knew about her already because she had her Broadway start and. Yeah, because I mean, this Chris is the Colfer first thing he's done, right? Came out of nowhere. Yeah, how old is he? I think he's eighteen, maybe somewhere around he's there. That young? He's like fresh out of oh. high school. Yeah, because he, yeah, this is the first thing he auditioned for this, and they wrote the part for him. I mean, because he, I mean, you really saw it in this episode, I think, but he's he's. Right, let's let's talk about music so we can talk gush. about his song. Yeah. Okay, so the first song, I'm sorry, because I, I, okay, talk about the first song, because I didn't write it down. I didn't consider it a real song, because it wasn't really sung, but um, I'm I'm currently sandwiched between two people who will, who will like, whip me with their Hannah Montana super belts. So, ladies, I'm going to, here, Lisa, take a microphone and talk. The first song was a tease with the great The Climb from Miss Miley Cyrus, um, which I literally squealed out loud in my bedroom when she announced she was singing that and then had a moment of sadness when I realized she couldn't sing anymore because I feel like she would do a really good job with that song. But that was the first real song they did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
entering I it. I loved it. It was, yeah. I don't know anything about the song. I'm not talking about the song. But I thought, like... I love everyone's reactions. The reactions were great. Brittany, of course, had, like, no reaction, which was great. Uh, but what I love, too, is... Uh, it, I imagine it's really hard for somebody like Leia Michelle to do that. Yeah. And it was, like, such a great minute and a half of, like... Just it really hurting and sounding <laughs> so sad, so painful. And um, I I love that. Well, I pay like specially close attention to Mike now just because Emily has such a crush on him. <laughs> He's adorable. And he got like a super long reaction shot, and I was like, wow, look at that! Like so much more screen time than Matt. I wonder if they like they're like rivals for screen time now. Oh, oh, duet. Oh, I wish. Or dance off, dance off, because I think yeah. both of them. I mean, Mike Mike Chang um, was definitely hired as for his dancing ability. Oh, I haven't noticed so much about Matt because I my eyes go to Mike Chang, so I can't really tell you. <laughs> but I don't know. But a dance off, why not? Yes, Glee. Listen to me. Listen. The next song was uh, the song that apparently we know why Jesse St. James is named Jesse St. James. Because it's Finn singing Jesse's Girl. Yeah, and I really wonder if they named him that so that they could have that song. I think it might have been a happy coincidence because Jesse St. James has such a nice like ring to it. Yeah, but it could have been John St. John or like Joey St. Joey or Ash St. Ash. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking around Erica's room and I'm just going to start naming things. Brad Pitt... Uh, St. Brad Pitt. Okay, I'm just saying. St. Ed Norton. Exactly. Clearly they planned it. Um, What did you think of this song? I liked it a lot. I was, well, I knew that it was going to be sung before I saw the episode, unfortunately. But I was super, super excited when I saw that it was going to be sung because it's just one of my all-time favorite songs and... And I was really excited about it. And I think it, it, you know, their assignment was to sing a soul-bearing song. And, you know, that I thought that was really, like Will said, it was really brave of Finn to get up and sing it in front of everyone. Because, you That's know, true. They're, they're his peers. And to be like... To sing I, about the girl you like yeah. when you're 16 is... That had to be rough. So I was proud of Finn. I mean, I Finn. think this was my favorite Finn performance. For sure. And I think yeah. he, he... I think he sounded far better than he's ever sounded before. I think he's getting, he's becoming a much better singer as yeah. he practices. He just, he felt, I mean, this is, we talked about this a little bit with that first episode when he um, sang, uh, hello, I love you, let me tell you my name. Uh, in this one, like, he was really alive and he was having yeah. fun and he had these little smiles and everything else and it was really flirty and it, it was like, yeah, that, like, I'm gl- I'm happy to see that character come alive. Yeah. And he got to play the drums on the song, which is how he auditioned anyways. It wasn't for his vocal ability, so I think he, you know, channeled his talent that way. He was it was, a, it, he fit Will's uh, song assignment. Yeah. And Will didn't cry. Will got to, Will got to watch, like, five songs and not cry this week, so was, good for Will. Yes, very good for him. Yeah. Now, the next song was great. <laughs> I imagine this was Erica's favorite. <laughs> loved it it was uh it was puck singing lady is a tramp and it was great i love that the jazz band is black what other color would they be um <laughs> i was in jazz band and i was and i wasn't black i don't think we had any black you kids were, in jazz band you were black in high school like i was asian in high school uh no oh, i yeah. was actually polynesian oh okay um so yeah this is, i and i think this is so funny that this is kind of puck's way to seduce mercedes is to sing a song that's... well because first he researched martin luther king jr right and the black no king, king martin, martin luther, luther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the he... blacks and the jews they have they have so much in common they've always, they have a history of sticking up for each other you can tell like he just like skims wikipedia really yeah. quickly 
And just like, all right, I've got a couple of facts. Let me throw them at her. Uh, yeah, but this was just effing adorable. It was hot. And it was very hot. It was very sexy. <laughs> I'm scared because Erica's window is open and there's children outside, which is probably why you've noticed I've been trying not to use the C word too much. That's okay. We haven't talked about anyone who's a C word this episode. Well, we talked about Santana, who's a total cunt. You could say it. I don't think anyone can really hear us. It's okay. Hey. Um, um, but so Puck, it was it was just really cute. In his hat with his little his hat, moves. his dances, mm-hmm. his little like soft show, soft shoe dance moves. I love that everybody was having a great time again. Yeah. Um, like that's been feeling much better for me is the Glee Club watching the performances, the, and Mercedes, I I liked her like evolution in the song. Cause at first she's just like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And then she can't help herself. Like she gets up and she's singing and it was like, they were, they're duetting in that song. I thought was fantastic. They had great chemistry and they, they were did. very cute together. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the highlight of that song for me was all of Santana's reactions. Yeah. Because they were polar opposite of everyone else. Because you show there. everybody else all happy and like and the clapping. camera didn't even have to like zoom in on her. It was just everybody standing. She's not. Yeah, she had a death stare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so great. don't don't piss her off. Although we never, we didn't really get to see her. Oh wait, I'm crazy. I'm like, we didn't get to see her do anything about it. No. Wait a minute, we that did. leads us into the next song. Well, there's one in between. Oh, I skip. Oh, fine. We're gonna talk about. I had a segue in everything. No, no, Erica. No, let's talk no, about no, no. the Mellencamp song. No, because that'll segue into the other song. So let's talk about let's talk about the boys' mind. Okay, they sang the boys' mind. Lisa got really happy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a jerk. I wasn't trying Look to be jerk. like, hey, bitch, stop. I was. I, we were going in. We usually go in order. Okay, you know what? This podcast right. is over. You're this right. is the rift. This is it. I'm <laughs> telling you, you're right. That it makes sense to do the boys' mind next. Okay, fine. So the boys' mind. This is the first time we've really heard Santana sing by herself. She's never kind had of. a solo before. Yeah, she's just kind of been the girl going, ah, yeah. in the background. And I think she has an amazing voice. Like, I didn't ex- it's a very different voice than I expected from her. Because I feel like she sings a lot deeper than she speaks. Mm. She doesn't, the voice doesn't match how she looks. It doesn't. Really. Right. I, I thought that was really weird, but I, I really liked her voice a lot. I think her solo was good. I think the parts where she had to harmonize was a little pitchy dog. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I liked this song better the second time around. The first time I watched it, I was like... Kind of the way I felt about physical last week, where I'm like, okay, I get it. Can we can we move on? It felt, and my biggest problem was obviously everything or ninety percent of musicals that are filmed are lip are lip synced, lip synced, lip sunk, um, and you always know that because that's how you do it. You record in a studio mm-hmm. and you have them sing along to it, uh, and this one just felt so obviously that. Like I don't know if it's just that they are not as good at lip singing, which is an art in itself. Um, but it, cause it kind of annoyed, it just really felt like uh, there was something really empty about it for me that first time. I think that, I, I don't think it's so much that they were bad at lip syncing. I think it's because the song has so many different layers. Yeah. There's, it's such it's a clear layer layers. upon yeah. layer upon layer that there was one moment where I was watching and, you know, Santana I'm like, I can't was, even tell if it's Mercedes or Santana. Santana right now. was singing. And then all of a sudden, you know, she switched to singing the backup part and it, it like, even though that backup part was there the whole time, it was right. It's it was so clearly so halfly made in a, in a not even in a studio. It's then somebody mixing it manually. And you know, this else. would have been a great a great chance for them to to do one of their re you know a different yeah, arrangement but they did it of the very song. straight and but very yeah. much. You know, so I do agree recording. with that, but I think it was a lot of fun. I thought, you know, them passing the note back and forth in class was silly and fun and totally a high school thing to do, and. 
I just love Puck's expression during the entire thing. Cause yeah, because he was just loving, loving it. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like, because, he, hey, now he's thinking as my sex shark ways, I don't even have to worry about stopping. Yep. Yeah. Um, so then we had Kurt trying to be straight doing Pink Houses by John Mellencamp. Uh, which is not about interior decorating. It's not. <laughs> Much to the dismay of Kurt. Um, um, and it was just so awkward. I loved it. It was, it was loved supposed it, loved to be, it, loved which it. is just a testament to, to Kurt's acting skills. But And yeah. I, again, I loved like everybody's reaction in it. It was just, I don't really get it. And of yeah. course, Brittany is, Enjoyed who it. is enjoying it. And came up to him afterwards and asked if he wanted to tap this. So Right, right. So, so gentlemen of the world, if you're wondering how to get the cheerleader to make out with you. Sing John Mellencamp. Sing John Mellencamp. In an awkward manner. Mm-hmm. While or j- while wearing flannel, yes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I like that everybody was very quick to be like, "This isn't Kurt." Yeah, I like that Will like stepped in and was like, "Kurt, you know, be you." Right. And Kurt was defiant and you know had his own plans. Had to had to figure it out for himself, but he did, which leads us to oh, one of the most amazing moments of Glee, I think. Yeah. And I know people who said that oh, this half of the season hasn't been as good. I think, to me, this was the episode that brought back... This was the redeeming moment. The re- Yeah, and as soon as this song started, I was like, oh my god. Because this mm-hmm. is one of the greatest songs in musical theater, if or to a lot of people. Uh, are you a Gypsy fan, Lisa? Gypsy and I have a, 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 a bad relationship. Sorted, sorted. <laughs> oh my god. Is this, is, was the show Gypsy based on your life when your mother forced you into stripping? Yes, it was. <laughs> um, I, I, I loved the, I think this song was done very well and it was appropriate choice, but it was very hard for me to personally listen to for stupid reasons. But I think it was very well done. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Lisa just punched me in the face for those of you who aren't watching. Um, okay. See, I, what I love about this song is this is the kind of, for those, for our listeners who are not musical theater fans, and I think we do have a lot of them, uh, Gypsy is a a show about a stage mother, and by the end of the show, this song is played, and this is the song which you have people like Bette Midler and Patti LuPone and Bernadette Peters and Angela Lansbury singing it, and the song is all about how I've you know, given my whole life for you, and this is what happened, you've given nothing to me, and you know, this is my turn, and um, it's it's one of those songs that, like, you give to any any great singer or great singer-actress, and they will inevitably give you chills when they do it, and mm-hmm. if you just go to YouTube and type in Rose's turn, and you'll see many different renditions, many of which are very, very haunting and terrifying and amazing, and I loved that Kurt Totally did that, Kurt. Like, this is now, I would say, yet another one to add to that list of great performances of Rose's turn to yeah, me. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the first thing I wrote down when, when he finished singing it was Kurt's back. Mm. We have our Kurt back again. And I I even, I even wrote down that, you know, we had that moment for him in the first half of the season when he did Defying Gravity. And we were like, oh, man, this is his moment. Which remains yeah, one it. of my favorite moments yeah, of Glee. But I love this a hundred times more than I love that. Mm. I, I just think it was a... I mean, both songs were very true to Kurt's personality, but I feel like this one, like, really hit the nail on the head. Like, like it's it's Kurt's year, and I want Kurt to have his turn. Everybody wants Kurt to have his turn. And I With just want kicks? My God. show about Kurt. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, the only thing I didn't like, we talked about it, we hinted at it earlier, was that um, 
if it wasn't for me, Miss Rachel Berry, yeah. which was just them throwing in something to lot to rhyme, but it just took you out because. Like I under I I like and I want to see more of a Rachel Kurt feud because mm-hmm. I like the idea that uh, essentially Kurt wants what Rachel has when it comes to singing, right? And he so far is not getting it because of like we said these established roles in Glee Club and everything else. Um, but it just was really annoying to throw that in there when this was so Kurt's moment and it was right. about Kurt and his dad, not about him and anyone else. Um, but it was. I mean, even Kurt's dad understood it. Kurt's dad isn't a musical theater fan, right? So. And he even sa- he says that he says, you know, I don't I don't know this song, but fine, don't sing like that, like you just sung. Exactly, and it was to me, it was a great moment in Glee. It would yeah. I would put it in my top ten moments, and that's counting first season. Like this was probably my favorite moment of all this this half. Uh, sh- so with those songs being recapped, should we move? We into- have one more song. We do. Oh, yeah. you're right. See, I kind of forgot about it, which I guess, <laughs> which I guess says something about the song, maybe. Oh wait, I had one more thing to say about about Kurt that I didn't read before. I love that he works his um his hair. You know, he he like thumbs his hair over to the side to make sure it's there. He works it into a dance move. Which it's his move. I loved it. It's, I, I love that it's his signature hair swoop. And yeah, it's totally his move, and I love that because we didn't get to see him do it all episode because he's wearing a hat all episode, right, and right. then all of a sudden it's a dance he does move, it. And, and it was, was great. Yeah, it was like John Claude Van Damme can do like the big split thingy, mm-hmm. and Kurt does the, the perfect hair. hair wipe. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last song is "One" by You Two, and it starts with Rachel going over to thank Sean for showing her that she's more than just one thing, and and she's not only her voice; she's good at other things too, although we don't know what they are. So another way, if you want to impress the girl in Glee Club, is get paralyzed from the neck down and then tell your sad sad story yeah because that's a great way to get chicks Uh, um so yeah we talked about it a little bit before where i was a horrible person and said i wasn't overly impressed with the singing which it was just sue sylvester would kick your ass by the way (laughs) she she would Mm -hmm. it was just because i felt like everyone else is such a strong singer and i was like why'd they cast this person but now i know more i know better i liked again i I liked that it was a little off key it was it felt natural like i i i'm sure i'm in the minority here but i would have liked it if it was them singing the whole time or like maybe i know like i wouldn't have wanted it that long although Mm -hmm. this was actually a very short song um but I, I don't know. I, I like the quick little journey it took. Although I didn't really like the. Um... No, I actually did like it. I just didn't love it. It was a cute moment, I guess. It, it was endearing. It's weird to me to see Rachel in jeans. That was the thing I wrote down. <laughs> she's always in skirts, That's and then point. when sometimes I think it's happened once or twice before she, where she's well, probably been performing in, um, with everyone when they did uh, "Don't Stop Believing." Like I yeah. like the jeans. Like for most of us as we are all wearing jeans. <laughs> jeans is our everyday wear, but for Rachel, jeans are a costume. Right. Because she would only wear them, it seems like, when she when is performing, performing a, like, edgier song. Mm-hmm. So. It, that, that was kind of all I had to say about it. I'm not the world's biggest U2 songs. I appreciate them for what they are, but, like, I don't listen to them on a regular basis. So I wasn't like, oh, man, they're doing U2, like other people would be. I, I liked it. I mean, I think I, there's a lot of U2 songs that if they do, I think they could do amazing things with. Mm-hmm. Like, if they do with or without you, like, I don't care if yeah. she sings it. I'm going to cry, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but this one, I liked it well enough. Lisa, what do you think? It was fine. I think after the other, especially after, after Kurt. Kurt, it was just kind of it like, okay, it, episode's over. La, la, la. Lovely song. Um, yeah, I, with the way it started with Rachel and Sean, I wasn't such, I don't know. I feel like 
with Glee, the numbers, they're like all fantasy. They're all overproduced and, you know, blah. And you don't really get like that real sense. And I like that it's not real. So having them start <laughs> off and it was like, you know, no backing music and it was just a really real moment. It kind of took me out of the show completely. Like, oh, this is really happening. That's very <laughs> ironic. It took you out of the show because it was real. Yeah. See, I'm reversed because I like, um, I mean, because part of it is maybe, well, no, because you're also a musical theater fan. I like the idea that they will break out and, and sing and this sort of weird little universe where that's okay and it's not really happening, but sometimes it is. So I, I don't know, I, I'm not as big a fan of the total overproduced, like The Boy Is Mine, felt to me way too produced. So I like these sort of natural, it, it's really refreshing. Like when um, Puck sang Sweet Caroline and mm -hmm. it just felt like a dude in a guitar. I don't know. I, I like those moments more generally, which is why, you know, maybe I like this one more than most people would have. Yeah. Moving in, can we keep going to our high notes? High notes or low notes? Let's start with the high notes. My um, favorite line of the episode. Get ready, black girl from Glee Club, whose name I can't remember now. <laughs> it just that made me really happy. Very great quote. Um, I already Puck's voiceovers are always amazing. They are. Um, I already kind of quoted my, my high note. It was between Kurt and, and Will where, um, you know, Kurt says, I'm not a box. There are more, more than four sides to me. And Will very poignantly, poignantly says, don't be, don't be someone else just because it's easier than being yourself. Mm. Glee has an incredible way of putting really complex situations into like one simple little line and breaking it all down with one sentence. And I think that was with that exchange was one of those no moments. And, um, another moment this episode was we got hardly any Sue this episode, but when her one, <laughs> Oh, scene, I loved her one scene, her one scene that she had with, with Kurt was so you like show tunes. Doesn't mean you're gay. Just means you're awful. Yeah. You know, and, and again, she kind of hit the nail on the head with teens and, you know, why do you have to label yourself right, right now? Why are you so, so stuck on defining who you are? You're so young. You, you know, you have so much time to grow up and be who you want to be. And I, I thought that was just another, like, I think that's what Glee does really well is kind of take these moments and simplify them into mm -hmm. one, into one scene and one sentence and those two yeah, moments. And I were... like that it was still Sue being Sue. Like, she yeah. was still really mean. It and, wasn't like against know. her character. Right. Because she even says like, I'm not going to, I'm not never going to stop and talk to a student anymore because yeah. I don't like doing it's this. It's not worth my time. Yeah. Um, and even like, you know, there's only one person who can tell you who you are. Oh, you mean myself? No, Sue Sylvester. Yeah. But I got other things to do. Like, I, it was just a really funny scene that still furthered the plot a lot, which I liked. Um, that was, that was the one I know. The only other one I haven't talked about was something that I think, I think it was Anna who mentioned a lot in her email that the, the Kurt Burt scene we've talked mm -hmm. about, but what I really liked was that it showed that it, it's hard being Kurt and it's, it's hard being Burt yeah. and, you know, obviously they love each other and they're going to make it work, but I liked that it was, it really showed that this is something that's always going to be there and Kurt's always going to have to deal with being different and Bert's always going to have to deal with his son being different. Right. And I love that, you know, Bert is, is being a little short sighted about, you know, being with Finn and, and kind of doesn't realize that he's hurting Kurt at first, but that's also another thing where I keep saying, you know, the scenes between them are so real. That's another moment where, you know, a dad not realizing something that's right. very, very real because, it, you know, it's not easy to be a parent, I'm sure. I, I mean, I don't know personally, <laughs> but I'm sure it's not easy, especially when you, you know, you're such a, a When you're so different from your yeah, son. Exactly. Yeah. When, and, oh, and I like that he says that, you know, that 
it's Kurt's job just to be who he is yeah. and that it's his job to love him no matter yeah. what and that it's he doesn't want you know the the pressure isn't on Kurt it's on him uh, he wants to burden do, all the responsibility we should do a Kurt cast <laughs> <laughs> yeah the um yeah and that you know Kurt doesn't like going to baseball games because he just complains about the uniforms because there's never a reason to wear stirrups exactly mm-hmm um, any other high notes? Uh, well, my personal favorite line from the episode was a Rachel line, of course. Um, and it was, I know um, it is. <laughs> uh, I, I'm like Tinkerbell, I need applause to live. It's my new life motto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a good one. Um, so low notes. I only have one low note for this episode, and it was definitely curtain overalls. Because I feel like <laughs> Well, nobody really looks good in overalls. No. I mean, I guess Mercedes Kurt has such Where's a them? high mean she looks good. fashion, like such a great fashion sense. I feel like even if he was trying to dress straight, he should never put on overalls. But that's what was adorable about it was like, you knew that must have been really hard for him to do. True. You know, like that was a but sacrifice that he made for his dad. Just like, like there's he, no you know. reason to ever wear stirrups. There's no reason to ever wear overalls. All right. I had a few low notes. Um, one was that seeing Sue in that one moment made me realize it's been like months since we've had a, Sue, a Sue's Corner. Well, we we really only had them on that one episode. No, they had them a few times really? in that first half of the season. Yeah, so I missed that. Um, well, but she broke up with that that newscaster guy, so maybe. But she's no, not I doing think she was anymore. still doing it Is after she? that. Yeah, because remember, she has another episode with him where, like, she says something really mean to the other newscaster. Oh, so she was okay. still doing them. Um, the when they when Puck kept talking about Super Mario World and Super Mario Three, is this a bit of a now? We're children of the late '80s. We remember. Super Mario Brothers 3 being a big thing because mm-hmm. all of a sudden he had the raccoon tail and if you saw the movie The Wizard it was this big moment where yep. they were previewing Super Mario 3 but Puck is supposed to be 16 yeah but that doesn't mean you know maybe we weren't around when Atari came out but we still understand its significance and they have it for like Wii and stuff now yeah. they have like Mario World and like where you can play all the old games but on a better Wii console, and you can be lots of different characters in it, so it's different, but it's still the same game. The same concept. The kids today know what it is. God, I was to see that. I don't know, it took me out, because I'm like, kids today, come on, they got their, uh, their Left for Deads and their Grand Theft Auto. They, they like shanking bitches. They're not used to <laughs> jumping on mushrooms to get bigger. Um, but the other the other problem I had, and this I talked about in the beginning, um, was... Uh, from a conversation I had with one of our, our friends, uh, Betsy, about that the the fat girl in the AV club and how, you know, Glee's still doing that with, like, you know, here and there as a character that, you know, like the, the geeky kid on the newspaper. And, you know, it's still going to have these, like, stock archetypes in the background for things. But it was um, – this is a point that a friend brought up is the whole, like – you know, you would never have, like, the fat white girl being the one that Puck wants to date. This is coming out of nowhere. But it was a point that my friend made that I think was a really good one of, like, you know, is there something to say that Mercedes can can do all these things because she's black? Is there almost a reverse discrimination against fat white girls on the show of Glee? Well, I think we don't we don't have a fat white girl character, so it's hard it's exactly. hard to say how they would react around them. I think it's more acceptable to be a fat black girl than a yeah. fat white girl. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I hope the fat white girl in the AV club gets her <laughs> moments. I maybe she'll be the next Glee Club member. I don't think so. <laughs> well, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, any other low notes from anyone? 
I'm good. I like this episode a lot. I think this is definitely the the best episode yet this half of the season. I would agree. I would agree. Although, um, um and then next week is going to be like oh my god, the best next week thing that be, ever happened in the world ever. since it's like going to be wait, putty. It's going to be legend. Wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the second half is dairy. I don't know what that's from. That's because you don't watch How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> okay. I do not. Laugh shots freak me out. They make me uncomfortable and make me feel like I'm pressured to laugh. Um, we have a new question of the week. Yes. I'm going to have to say it because we don't remember it. <laughs> I wrote it down. Uh, so Mercedes and Pac were a very interesting couple. You know, nobody really saw that coming, I think. Which other unlikely couple would you like to see on Glee? If you could uh, mix and match a few uh, men and women or women and women and men and men, or there's no animals on Glee yet, uh, adults or kids or anything, who would you like to see date? Yep, and you could send that to GleeCast with a K at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other things of where to find us, everything else. Uh, on Follow us on Twitter. Twitter. I'm at Erica's name. That's E-R-I-C-A-S. N-A-M-E. Erica can spell. We're very proud of her. Uh, I am at Deadly Dolls. Uh, and I also have a blog, deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com, where I'm running a contest. You should follow Lisa, too. You should follow Lisa. Oh, Lisa wants people to follow her. Sure, why not? Uh, if you want to follow me, I am at Yellow Crayon. That's yellow underscore crayon on Twitter. And um, lastly, we have some thank yous. I would like to say a big, big thank you to Stefan at popsyndicate.com. Yes. Also of Bionicast, which is another fine podcast. Yes, yes. We'd also like to thank Mr. Chris over at Are You Serious yes. podcast uh, for starting a few starting message a few. boards yes. on our um, forum. And I think it was over there. I have to say, I say, I say, I say, no, no, no. And. Okay, on that note, <laughs> that's how Sue sees it. Now I have to get up and turn it off. Click. <laughs>